0: Today, new research discovers the right way to use pay-what-you-want pricing. I'll speak with the research's co-author. Facebook is changing its desktop design again. Spoiler alert, it's even worse than you think. How a file-sharing service is up for Oscar contention. Can Google's new anti-harassment tool help your brand? And on the Premium Podcast, with no ads, more stories, and extended weekend episodes, tap the link in the show notes for more. Three steps to prevent your brand from having your media buy accidentally contribute to russian misinformation it's tuesday march 8th i'm todd maffin here's what you missed today in digital marketing one of the advantages to selling online is that we can change things up at a whim the pricing for instance we can test different prices to different audiences without needing to change signage or train retail staff we can also test the pricing models themselves take the set your own price model You see it frequently on information products, but it's used more widely than you may think. Panera Bread stores in the U.S. used it for sandwiches a few years back. But are we marketers using that model all wrong? That's what Cindy Wang set out to investigate. She's an assistant professor of marketing at the California Polytechnic State University. She and her colleagues recently published an academic paper about the topic. I spoke with her earlier today.
1: Normally, we would think if companies show this um, uh, gratitude and have consumers to pick their own price, consumers will love it. Uh, in fact, they do, but they're so deterred by the pricing effort. Uh, so in this process, we learn that when you give somebody uh, full control over the price, they... Embrace this opportunity, but they also don't like the fact that they have to think about a price to think about a number to pay.
0: Of the people who were asked to sort of fill in the price and, and make one up and not be presented with a list, did you find that that deterred purchases or that the revenue generated was lower?
1: I think it's both. Um, because sometimes when you give people the opportunity, they do pay lower. Uh, and our research has shown that the price paid per unit was lower when you give them to pay whatever they want. And also, this process will also deter a group of people that they feel this is so effortful. I'm going to go to other place or pick a product that doesn't have that, that I don't have to. Come up with the price. I'll just take whatever the retailers ask for. So I think both the volume and the price per unit are lower in this case. We want to reduce the effort related to product decision making. So, anything uh, if you can think of ways to reduce the effort consumers need to make, and that will be helpful.
0: So, in short, if you want to use pay what you want pricing, it's better to give your customers a list of price recommendations rather than letting them type in a specific price of their own. Dr. Wang's full paper is easily Googleable. is called the Control Effort Trade-Off in Participative Pricing, How Easing Pricing Decisions Enhances Purchase Outcomes. Hey, remember when Facebook changed their desktop website layout and everyone hated it? Ha! Guess what? Meta is testing another redesign of the desktop version of the platform. And this one is worse. Users in test groups started seeing the new layout last week. It moves all your navigation options to two menu columns on the left side, sort of similar to Facebook Business Manager, or for that matter, Twitter. It is chaotic, to be generous. From a visual perspective, it doesn't seem like users will be able to find anything quickly within the menu. Other major changes in the new layout being tested include the home button in the top left is gone. It's been replaced by a logo. And there's no longer anything in the top right corner, which is where important options like notifications used to be. Might be something in the water. Gmail this week started offering users a new view, which basically moves the primary icons also into the left rail. Facebook has asked us to believe a lot of nonsense in the past. Nonsense like, this new desktop UI is nice to look at and you should do what our marketing experts say and turn on automatic placements because audience network is great for conversions. But this next one, this next one takes the cake. You know how in Ads Manager, when something is good, like the cost per action goes down, the change percentage is in green. And when something is bad, like CPMs get more expensive, it's in red, right? Well, some people on Twitter... Posting screenshots today showing that Facebook has reversed this now. Phil Keel, managing director at Hello Earth Agency, showed his campaign that had a CPM increase of 888%. Remember, when CPM goes up, that's bad news for us marketers. And Facebook showed a green arrow there. Also, it seems Facebook continues to devalue custom audiences, the workhorse of the digital media buying community, moving it way to the bottom of some people's ad manager setup screen. As Corey Dobbin asked on Twitter today, how long before Meta removes this entirely? Where is the exit door in the Metaverse again? Is it over here somewhere? file transfer site that thousands of digital marketers use every day has made a film that is now nominated for an Oscar. The Academy announced that the film The Long Goodbye, made by We present that's the digital arts platform of WeTransfer, is up for Best Live Action Short. Quoting the company, the 11-minute short film is an unflinching look at what may lie ahead for us in these increasingly intolerant times and what is unfolding for minorities in many countries around the world, we know that sometimes getting started is the hardest part, so we present, um, presents stories to get things going, unquote. The film has already won Best Short at the British Independent Film Awards and the prestigious Cannes Lion Awards. you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Instagram is rolling out a new feature called Enhanced Tags that will make it easier to credit creators. And these tags look a lot like the tags on product images. Enhanced tags will allow a creator's self-designated profile category on their professional accounts to be displayed in their people tag. Through these new tags, Instagrammers can tag other contributors and brands within their posts, giving them more exposure for their work. Here is how to set them up. First, obviously create your new post. Then after writing a caption, look for the option that says Tag People. Select Add Tag and search and select your contributors. Tap Show Profile Category to display the creator's category, and then tap Done. Once you've added any additional tags and details, tap Share. Google's Jigsaw Unit has announced it is releasing the code for an open-source anti-harassment tool called Harassment Manager. The tool is aimed at journalists for now, but since it's open-source, how long before brands start using it? Harassment Manager is a web application that uses Jigsaw's Perspective API to let users sort through potentially abusive comments on social media platforms, starting with Twitter. Quoting Google's announcement, Our hope is that this technology provides a resource for people who are facing harassment online, especially female journalists, activists, politicians, and other public figures who deal disproportionately with high toxicity online. We also look forward to seeing developers and organizations tailor it to their specific needs, and use the technology to help other at-risk populations, unquote. The code is available now on GitHub for developers and NGOs to build and adapt for free. Amazon's Clubhouse competitor is finally here. The company announced its entry into the live audio space today with the launch of its new app, Amp. Amp is basically Clubhouse, live broadcasts, a bunch of speakers in a room. But with one major difference, the e-commerce giant negotiated music licensing deals with the major labels, unlocking the abilities for hosts to stream tens of millions of songs, no subscription required, allowing them to DJ and host their own radio show. The company hopes to, quote, reimagine radio, unquote. As for the OG app Clubhouse, a great piece by Joel Stein on Medium says, it's probably dead, killed off by NFT dude bros quoting from his article. To find out how this happened, I hosted a Clubhouse room titled What Happened to Clubhouse? Did the app's functionality not keep up? Did it get infested with political arguments? Did Clubhouse say something racist and get cancelled? Before our What Happened to Clubhouse event even started, I had an idea of what had happened. I got on the app early and scrolled the other rooms that would compete for listeners. Clubhouse, which seemed like a place for the smart kids, had acquired the stink of a multi-level marketing scheme. All the rooms were hosted by crypto guys talking about how to flip Ethereum with NFTs. Clubhouse descended in mere weeks from Silicon Valley to Miami. Only three people showed up to our What Happened to Clubhouse room. One was my lovely wife, Cassandra, and the other left as soon as we asked him a question. Unquote. Last year, Twitter offered to buy Clubhouse for $4 billion. Clubhouse turned it down. Twitter went off and made their own version called Spaces. So my wife has started making bread over the last couple of weeks and uh, I think perfected the recipe. It is a fantastic loaf with a nice hard crust, which I love. But last night, that hard crust proved to be too hard. The knife slipped. Brace yourselves. And yeah, I cut myself pretty bad, actually, on my left forefinger so typing has been difficult <laughs> that may be why this episode's out a little late um, but anyway i think i'm gonna get a proper bread cutter <laughs> i think that's gonna be our next purchase talk to you tomorrow
1: it's high,